0: But then imagine after months and maybe years go by, there's no sun, then one day, one day, a light breaks over the the horizon. Can you imagine the hope of that moment? Can you imagine the joy of the people? Can you imagine the celebration they would feel as they see for the first time in so long, light shining upon the earth to heal and give joy, to find life and to see that there's hope within this moment.
1: Hi, and welcome to Live in the Light. It is one of my favorite times of year and one of my favorite messages of the year. We are talking today about Christmas, and I recognize that Christmas is difficult for some people or a challenge um, for families. And um, we want to be here for you. Our team at Live in the Light um, is here to hear about what is going on in your world and what you're learning uh, as you listen daily on the radio. And you can contact us anytime by phone at one 844 light or by checking out our website at liveinthelight.ca. And today... Um, I'm in studio with Pastor Robbie Simons, and we are talking about Luke chapter 1, the thrill of hope.
0: We are, hey Shannon, first of all, Merry Christmas, huh?
1: Merry Christmas. And like,
0: here we are. Like, it's hard to believe. It happened so fast. What a year it's been. Uh, Merry Christmas to our listeners. Wow, you are loved. Man, I really, really pray that the Holy Spirit is meeting you where you are today with the greatest message ever, the message of hope found only in the Jesus Christ. So, Shannon, um, I guess the people need to know a little bit. It's fun to get to know you a little bit more too, as you've taken on hosting duties here at Living the Light. We're so thankful for that. But so, uh, Christmas—is that like—is uh, that an exciting part for you? Are you like—are you kind of like um, Scrooge, or are you totally into Christmas?
1: I love Christmas, Robbie, okay. and I remember that's one of the things that you and I talked about when I first came on staff here—is how much we loved Christmas and. Um, I am married to an American man, so Thanksgiving is later in the year. If it That's wasn't right. for him, my tree would be up weeks ago.
0: Okay, so there we go. That's true. Americans, we have a lot of amazing American listeners, obviously, yes. so they resonate with what you just said. Now, you have uh, two little young men in your home that are pretty I far up, do. too. Tell us a tiny bit about that.
1: I have two little boys. I have an almost two-year-old and a four-year-old, and they have been circling things in the Mastermind catalog for weeks now. They are so excited for Christmas, and we have our little countdown on our mantle, and they just can't wait um, to celebrate with us again this year. And I feel like Christmas just keeps getting louder. There
0: you go. I bet it does. You know, I got two boys of my own and two girls, so you're right. (laughs) a little bit of chaos. There it is. But I think, as you said in the beginning too, Shannon, that Christmas for some... It's, it's super exciting. For others, there might be some sadness. Again, um, myself this year, like we experienced the loss of my father. And I just think Christmas this year is not quite the same. You know, when dad is not here, he's in glory. I'm so thankful for that. But these are some of the things that people remember. However, when we see Christmas for where it's truly meant to be seen, that the gift of the world, the gift of salvation, the thrill of hope, found in Jesus Christ, that's when Christmas means everything to me. And even just the song we're quoting in this message here, a thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. Jesus Christ is, man, it just, it fires me up because this is everything we live for and every, again, he is the reason we have our purpose. So we, we are so thankful for the Christmas season in that regard, in that meaning. It's why we sing the carols. It's why we open the Bible. It's why we get together to encourage one another in Christ. And so we are so praying that you would be blessed. May the Holy Spirit specifically draw near to you, to your family, to your situation this Christmas with peace and hope and love and yes, joy. He can do that regardless of our circumstances. So Shannon, we are excited again to Luke chapter 1. Man, I love this this, uh, passage. And again, may the Lord use it so powerfully in all who are listening in this Christmas season.
1: Merry Christmas again, Live in the Light listeners. And let's get right into our passage today. Luke chapter 1, 78 and 79, A Thrill of Hope.
0: Amen. I'm so thankful you're here this Christmas Eve at Hope Bible Church, Oakville. We're so blessed to have you again, expecting that God is going to move in you. So, I was texting a friend recently, and he was intending to text me regarding and using the phrase the Home Depot, but Autocorrect took over. And as it so often does, and usually to our total frustration, you know when texting does that, autocorrect kind of kicks in. And so there's times when, again, you want to ask someone, hey, when are you getting married? And instead it autocorrects to say, hey, when are you getting murdered? Right? No, no, not helpful. It's not what I said. That's not what I was insinuating. Or other times when someone texts you and says, hey, how are you? And you mean to say, I'm great. But instead, autocorrect texts over and it says, I'm greasy. It's like, no, 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 no. No, I'm not greasy. I don't want to be greasy. I'm just trying to say I'm great. Autocorrect. That can be so frustrating and so annoying. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying. But this time, back to my friend from the church was texting me here, and what was meant to be the Home Depot came across on my phone as the Hope Depot. And I was like, hey, look at that. The Hope Depot. That's awesome. And I was like, "Now that's what I'm talking about. That's a right kind of auto-correct. And that's a depot that I want to visit this Christmas. Can I get an amen? That is so true. The Hope Depot. So immediately, I started to think about that a little bit. And our church, of course, is called Hope. And our theme this Christmas is a thrill of hope. And our whole intention is sharing the life-changing hope of Jesus Christ. And so Therefore, that makes us then for sure the hope. Again, can I get an amen? So true. So in that regard, in that truth, we decided to change our sign for our church. Did you notice when you drove in today? Here it is. I mean, here's an update to our sign. The Hope Depot. Isn't that so awesome, eh? Some of you are like, did they really do that? No, we didn't really do that, right? But it's so fun to say. It's so fun to say and so fun to see. We are the Hope Depot in Jesus' name. Again, so fun but that's exactly what's happening here today. This place indeed is the Hope Depot. That's precisely what God is saying to you and to me today through his word, which of course is the Bible. In a world full of depressing headlines, frustrating headlines, and hopeless headlines, well, the Hope Depot presents to you this Christmas Eve Four awesome, life-changing headlines of hope. And here's the best part, man. All the other depots you visit, they charge you, right? If you leave with something that you didn't pay for, you get arrested. Well, here, everything we offer is absolutely free. The only requirement is faith. It's faith to receive the gift of hope and of grace this Christmas Eve, So for that, we're going to turn in our Bibles to Luke chapter 1. We'll be looking at 2 verses, 78 and 79. As you are turning there, and some of these verses we'll provide for you on the screen as well, Luke 1 is a chapter filled with Christmas songs. Multiple songs, again, relating to Christmas. There's the song of Elizabeth and the song of Mary. And our song is going to be the song of Zechariah. Songs are what? They're uh, expressions of praise. They're filled with the glory of Christmas all through Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2. Elizabeth's song is a song of love. Mary's song is a song of faith. And Zechariah's song, we get to see, is a song of hope. A wonderful dosage of hope for us right now. Now, we talk about hope. Let's get hope defined on the screen for us so we're all on the same page together right now. Here's a great definition of biblical hope. Hope is the confident, undying expectation. That's so key, eh? The confident, undying, unbreakable expectation based on what? Based on the integrity of God that makes our future secure despite our circumstances. So take a look at that again. Read that slowly. Biblical hope, the confident, undying expectation based on God's integrity that makes our future secure. No matter what circumstances we face, that is a hope that can never, ever be shaken. That's a sentence of hope defined in two words. Biblical hope is this. Profound certainty. That is helpful, and that is good. Biblical hope is profound certainty. So this was the song of Zechariah, uh, a song of massive hope and certain hope. Some of you, though, are like, but, 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 but Zechariah, who's Zechariah? Zechariah was the husband of Elizabeth. You're like, that's not super helpful to me. How about this? He is the father of John the Baptist. Ever heard of him? And here in Luke 1, it was just after John the Baptist was born where Zechariah was unable to speak for months because he would not believe what the angel revealed to him about John the Baptist being born. It is here that his tongue is once again loosed at the birth of John and he begins to prophesy this massive uh, portion of hope. He does speak of his own son, but then he speaks of the son, as in the son of God, Jesus Christ, the hope of the world, Jesus Christ again, the son of God, the hope of the nations. So take a look with me here at Luke chapter 1, verses 78 and 79. They'll be on the screen for you as well. Here are the verses we're going to see such hope from again right now this Christmas Eve. Verse 78. Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, notice, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. So hope is dripping from these verses and oh, may hope find you today. I pray that so much, that hope will meet you where you are and change your life right now, sitting in your seat, listening where you are. May the hope of the Lord Jesus find you specifically by name today and change you. We have four wonderful hope headlines. When you believe these headlines, you will not remain the same. Hope headline number one is this from our text. The sun has come the sun has come. Again, in verse 78, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high. So here's a question right now. What's up with the sunrise, and what does the sunrise have to do with Christmas? Well, the answer is everything. Zechariah was a priest, who served God, which meant he knew the Old Testament. And he is prophesying here, the sunrise that shall visit us from on high. This is very reminiscent of Malachi 4, verse 2. In Malachi 4, verse 2, it says this. Look at how close this is. But for you who fear my name, the son of, it's not so beautiful, the son of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You know the Christmas carol, hark the herald angels sing, risen with healing in his wings. That's where it comes from right here, right? The prophecy pertaining to Christ that the Son of God will rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. That's how much joy there is in the sun rising during, again, this Christmas season and all that Christmas means. So all that to say this then. The sunrise, therefore, is the Son of God. That the Son of God is coming, prophesied by Malachi prophesied by Zechariah and listen, fulfilled in Jesus Christ, the son has come. The son has come. And what Malachi is prophesying in chapter four, verse two, that the son of God, the Son rising, he has come to heal. He's come to heal people. Listen, he has come to heal the broken. Those of you that are broken right now, this is why Jesus came. The son has come to heal and to encourage the discouraged. Those who are discouraged right now, Jesus Christ is meeting you where you are to encourage you eternally with a salvation that only he can bring. The son of God came to heal up and bind up those who are filled with sorrow, those who are weeping, those who are in despair. The son of God, Jesus Christ, he came to give hope to the hopeless, to the hopeless. And don't miss the meaning here of verse 78, the sunrise shall visit us from on high. Our problem is that we take, again, so much for granted so often. We take for granted, for example, the sun rising every day. I think we're a little more grateful the month of December, right? These days are very dark. We just turn again, winter solstice, and now the days are getting lighter a little bit at a time. Woo-hoo! I'm so thankful for that. But again, we're a little more thankful. We see the sun rising. It takes forever sometimes, but there the daylight shines upon us. It gives us joy. But imagine this. Imagine if the sun never rose. Imagine if we found ourselves living in darkness all the time. And then imagine that days and weeks and months went by, even years went by, and there was no sun. Can you imagine how depressing that would be? Can you imagine the hopelessness? Can you imagine the loneliness that we would feel if the sun never rose and we never saw daylight? But then imagine after months and maybe years go by, there's no sun, then one day, one day, a light breaks over the the horizon. The dawn all of a sudden is seen and the horizon comes into view and as light shines upon the earth, the earth is made alive. Can you imagine the hope of that moment? Can you imagine the joy of the people? Can you imagine the celebration they would feel as they see for the first time in so long, light shining upon the earth to heal and give joy, to. Find life and to see that there's hope within this moment. What is that that I just described for you? This is the joy of Christmas, the purpose of Christmas, the reason Christmas happened in a world that is lost in sin and death and darkness, completely lost. The sun is rising. That's what we're learning here today. And even more, the Son of God has come. I mean, who doesn't appreciate the glory of a beautiful sunrise, right? Who doesn't appreciate that? Every single sunrise we see here on earth is ultimately pointing to the rising of the sun, Jesus Christ, who came to shine his light again upon the earth. Oh, for sure, this is the thrill of hope in a world that is lost in darkness. The sun rises and notice why he has come, verse 78. Verse 78, it says, because of the tender mercy of our God. And if you go back actually one verse from there, you will see the tender mercy of our God. It goes back though, in the forgiveness of their sins. It's the mercy of God sent through the son of God that lets us be forgiven in God by grace through faith. Again, this is the celebration of Christmas. The Son has come to die for our sins. That's why Christmas is so special. The Son of God has come to be born to die for your sins and mine. Think about that. Think about that. Every sin we've ever committed, the sins of greed, the sins of lying, The sins of pornographic addiction, the sins of lust, the sins of bitterness, the sins of unforgiveness, the sins, again, of jealousy and envy, the sins that infect our soul, the sins of selfishness, the sins of pride, the sins every day of wanting to see people destroyed, that we ourselves might be propped up, the sins that plague our heart. These are the sins. That Jesus Christ came to be born, to die, that he might forgive. Who are those who are forgiven? They're the ones who receive Jesus as a gift by faith. You see, and, and this is the power, this is the power of Christmas. We have a manger here up on the stage here, and I'd love to have our manger come out during Christmas season. And here's what so many people do so often. The manger representing Christmas, the Christ child, the manger representing Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And many people are driving in their cars and they're driving by. They might wave at the manger. They might give a little honk, beep, beep, you know, hey, what's up, what's up, Jesus in the manger. They might flash their lights, you know, they might just maybe slowly slow down, but then speed on by. So many people are speeding through highway of life. They're moving so fast, they never stop. They might gaze, they may sing a carol, they may say, oh, Joy to the world, and they fly by again. But listen, right now, you're here, right now. You're here to stop, to stop at the manger, to get out of the car. To walk over with me and to stare and gaze at the child who's the son of God in the manger. Like right now, you're here for this purpose at this moment that God is speaking to you that you might maybe for the first time ever, you're not flying by. You have stopped. You are still. You are looking right now and you see this child who is God Himself. And there's hope in the manger, and there's forgiveness in the manger, there's salvation in the manger, there's light. The light of the world is in the manger. Do not rush this Christmas. So many people are in such a rush. Rush to what? Rush to move on to the next form of numbing yourself and trying to drug ourselves to escapism to deny the reality we live in. Stop and take a moment and consider the Son of God laid in a manger that he might live and die and be raised from the dead, that we would never have to die and that we would have everlasting life. You see, there is so much hope in the reality that the sun has come. Hey, isn't it so good to be at the Hope Depot right now, right? Hey, hey, the Hope Depot is giving you hope, a hope that can never be taken from you by faith. Hope headline number two now is this. When the sun rises, there's light. Listen, light that shines in the darkness. So the Son of God has come. The prophecy from Zechariah. But notice why. Again, in verse 79 now it says, to visit us from on high. From what purpose? What purpose, though? To give light to those who sit in darkness. So the sun visits us from in Ohio, verse 78 and verse 79, to give light to those who sit in darkness. Why do the people in darkness need to see light? Because darkness here in the Bible, in this original, original Greek darkness here, it means those who are blind, those who are depraved, those who are lost. Blind in sin, depraved in sin, lost in sin. And that's everyone, by the way. That's you, that's me. All of us on our own, we are lost in our sin. We are in darkness. We need to see light. I mean, just come on, like, just look around our world right now, man. Just, you know, you know the darkness, it's all pervasive. The darkness is everywhere. You know it. You see it. So many lives being destroyed. So many people claiming to know something, yet they sit in darkness and their lives fall apart before our very eyes. That's the reality of the darkness of sin. It just destroys. So this is why Jesus Christ came, to give light, to give light to those who sit in darkness. And the Bible speaks of light here and has multiple meanings the first meaning is light equals genuine learning. When someone is enlightened to the truth of Jesus, right? You know when you have a light bulb? A light bulb, I love that expression, a light bulb. And a light bulb off. oh, I get it, I understand, oh, finally, I've kind of figured it out. That's a, a part of what light means here, an understanding of truth. We're praying for light bulbs here today. Man, so many light bulbs, I pray. Light also, though, carries the light of life, as in life transformation. Jesus Christ came to transform lives, that people might have the light of life. In John chapter one, it says, in him was the light of life. And light, thirdly, can mean this. It means laughter. It can mean gladness. It definitely means joy. It means Christmas is a season of joy. For a reason. If you remember when we had that Old Testament text, Malachi 4, verse 2, it says, risen with healing in its wings, and you will leap like calves rising from the stall. I mean, what a picture if you've ever seen again a calf, a baby calf leaping up and down with such joy out of the stall. I mean, there's just few pictures of joy than that. And that is how we will feel when we see with light the reality of Jesus Christ given for us. The light and the joy of Christmas. Such a huge theme. It is is so proper to dance at Christmas, but to dance for the right reasons, to dance for the reality of the Son of God. We're dancing a little bit because Jesus Christ is awesome and because of the joy that he brought and the light that we now see. Light in the darkness. Consider then some of the Christmas hymns that we sing and we'll even sing today. Look at Silent Night. You've heard this so many times. Have you ever looked at it closely, though? Silent Night, Holy Light, Son of God. Ready, ready? Love's pure light. A light in the darkness. Jesus Christ is the Son of God who is sent to be love's pure light. The love of God, shining the light of God into the darkness of our world. And when you are the light of the world, notice, radiant beams from that holy face. I love that. Radiant beams from that holy face. With the dawn. Now this phrase here incorporates hope headline one and two. Only given to you by the Hope Depot, by the way. Okay, With the dawn of redeeming. The sun starts to shine the light of grace that is only found in the Son of God. Go to the manger. Look at Jesus Christ. The light of the world. The glory of the Son of God. Oh, and one more hymn I want us to go through too. Yes. Oh, holy night, almost forgot. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. The world's pining, longing again because the sin that brings them down till Jesus appeared. And then all of a sudden you see Jesus with faith. Your soul begins to feel worth. A thrill of hope, a thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. Ready, ready, here we go in. For yonder breaks. Another imagery here of this metaphor of light—a new and glorious morning, the new and glorious morning of light shining in the darkness, only through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Man, so much hope here right now—the dawn of redeeming grace. Let me say this right now, too. I just want to pause, deep breath for a second. You're not here by accident, okay? You're not here by accident. You're not here by accident. You are not here by accident. You're not. The Lord has you here right now because he's speaking to you. He's speaking to you. He's speaking to you. You are not here by accident. Say that again. Could this be your day? You are hearing. You need hope so much as we all do. And Jesus Christ is the answer to that hope. And he speaks to you and loves you and he desires to save you today. If you believe in him, turn from sin and you will believe in him and accept him and everlasting life and all that he brings. This is why Christmas is so awesome. It's Christmas that leads to Easter, to the crucifixion and the resurrection when Jesus Christ dies for our sins and is raised from the dead, defeating death. You are not here by accident. You are here to hear this truth. Will you not believe? You have come to the Hope Depot for a reason. That your life is may be changed. Remember, everything we're offering you here in hope, it's free. I just want to add that again. It is free. It is received by grace through faith. Hope headline number three. There is escape from death. Let's go. Let's go. Now there's a headline we need. There's escape from death, from eternal death. Yes, verse 79. To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. What does the Bible mean when it says the shadow of death? Zechariah here is prophesying. It's referring to a condition of danger, a condition of fear. It's referring to a condition of hopelessness. The shadow of death means there's no human help or human solution in sight. All of us on our own are living in the shadow of death. Death is coming for us all. There's never been one person ever who's ever escaped the reality of death other than Jesus Christ. Not one person ever in human history other than Jesus Christ. And of course, humanity has no answers to death, do they? Humanity has rejected God. And now what we're actually doing, now we're actually producing a culture of death. Have you noticed This is what we're doing now. We are producing a culture of death because we've rejected God and then we're left with ourselves. There is an increasingly documented hopelessness in our day. Study after study is documenting the increasing hopelessness of our day where so many are missing the very purpose of their lives and the reason that they exist.
1: Hey, Live in the Light listeners, we are so thankful for each and every one of you and we love to hear from you. Maybe it's about what the Lord is doing in your life or maybe it's something you've learned in a recent broadcast. You can always contact us by phone at 1-844-22-LIGHT or by checking out our new website. At liveinthelight.ca, you can find ways to contact us anytime or listen to any of our latest messages. You can also find us wherever you listen to podcasts, Google, Apple, and Spotify are all streaming Live in the Light messages. Again, listeners, we can't wait to hear from
0: you. Oh, yeah. I wanna be in the light you